It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here's Donald. Carry it out. Deep ball. Separation. Caught. Robbie Anderson. Goodbye. Touchdown, Jets. The whole NFL is watching. A fourth and ten. And here they come. Make this pass. It's intercepted by Mosley. Bell breaks a tackle. Bell trying to go all the way. Lavion Bell. Touchdown. Big return for Crowder. And he's going to go all the way. Touchdown. 85 yards. Looking downfield. Fires this one. And intercepted at the 34. Jamal Adams goes down on the ground and takes it away. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. Welcome to Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And we are recapping day number 11 of New York Jets training camp with the man who is out there at Florham Park sweating and drinking lots of water after his morning coffee. That, of course, is the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And, of course, above all of that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, some guys were back. Some guys weren't there when you thought they might be. What's the latest with Kelvin Beecham, Leonard Williams, and Steve McClendon? Well, Kelvin Beecham would be one of the guys that is back. He practiced fully today, taking reps with the first team, as uh, you would expect. And he looked pretty good out there. So, obviously, that little injury scare uh, was just minor and nothing to really worry about. Leonard Williams and Steve McClendon were not uh, practicing today. Leonard Williams has a little bit of uh, irritation in his hip, is how Adam Gase described it. He said he thinks he was just trying to play through it. They just decided to give him the the day off, so we'll see if he's back out there tomorrow, or it would probably make even more sense to sit him tomorrow and give him that uh, extra break with the game coming up Thursday and being off Wednesday and Friday. Uh, Steve McClendon missed practice today for personal reasons. Obviously, as always, Gates wouldn't elaborate. Nobody asked further, so he had an excused absence for the day. Beyond that, some guys coming, some guys going via trade, via release, via signing. What's the latest with the new additions and the most recently departed? And I don't mean departed in some sort of morbid way. I just mean not on the Jets anymore. <laughs> well, well, that would be Jeremy Clark out. Uh, you know, he's Really didn't do much in his time here. Um, not even, you know, at least Derek Jones has shown some flashes in training camp and a little bit preseason here. Didn't really ever see any of that with Jeremy Clark. Uh, that's another cornerback that McCagnan drafted with some injury issues in history, and he was never able to put it together. Uh, Joe Douglas did. Uh, the Ravens were about to release offensive lineman Alex Lewis, uh, Joe Douglas came in, completed the trade to make sure that they don't have to compete with anybody else for his services. So they get to bring him in. It's a seventh round conditional pick. Uh, so we'll, we'll even see if they have to give that up. But he's going to come in, add some competition on that line, uh, shore up some depth because we know that offensive line is has some questions in the starting unit. Uh, but they also definitely have questions with that. So if he can stay healthy, he could at least uh, give them a de- some depth options there. So that will be good for them. Uh, they brought in Safety, who I cannot pronounce his name. <laughs> um, and, yeah, they brought in a tight end, another tight end, Nick Tristel, 
obviously, again, that's going to be a depth thing. I, I can't imagine that he's going to be somebody who is going to be uh, challenging Chris Herndon or even with Herndon out, he's not going to be challenging uh, Ryan Griffin or Trayvon Wesco or anything. So most likely both those guys are just camp bodies here to finish out camp, get some more reps in there. Uh, but we'll get a we'll get a closer look at them over this this next week or two. Now that we've dealt with the guys that came back from injury that weren't there due to injury and that have come and gone, let's talk about what actually went down in practice. One of the players that everybody has been keeping a close eye on because he's very important and struggled a lot last year is Tremaine Johnson. He had a pretty good practice a couple of days ago with an interception and another one today. So fingers crossed that this is the beginning of a positive trend for Tremaine Johnson. Yeah, well, listen, Sam Darnold has thrown only two interceptions this training camp during full 11-on-11, and Tremaine Johnson has them both. They were both really nice plays. Uh, this one was a miscommunication from Sam and uh, Robbie Anderson. Uh, Robbie turned to the left. Sam uh, said that the, the defense was different than what they thought when he snapped the ball. And uh, Sam tried to throw the ball away, but he made the mistake of trying to throw it at a, at a defender's feet instead of just throwing it out of bounds. Tremaine Johnson uh, saw that he was throwing it basically in an empty spot, and Tremaine Johnson dove forward and made a diving interception there. So that's obviously good to see. He's got both of the interceptions off Sam. He's not throwing a lot of them, but they are going that towards Tremaine. And on top of that, today, Tremaine Johnson did not get absolutely cooked by Robbie Anderson. So things are definitely trending up for Tremaine today. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. A day where Tremaine Johnson does not get cooked by Robbie Anderson is a good day in and of itself, regardless of what else happens. But the interception certainly a positive for him. By the way, since we talked about Jeremy Clark earlier, I should bring up that Peter Dillard asked if we could talk about the Jeremy Clark era. So here it goes. Jeremy Clark, he came, he got hurt, he didn't play, he's gone. I think that sums it up, right? Yeah, that that basically sums it up. I, I don't even know what else to add. Like, if I I want to try to add something, uh, you know, that you don't, you covered it all. 
Let's talk about another guy who's probably going to be gone very soon, and that's Chandler Catanzaro. Every single day on this podcast, Chris, you and I talk about how he had a miserable practice, and it happened again. Yeah, well, this is the thing we're at because he he missed one field goal. He missed like a four, about a forty yard field goal, and then he went on to hit a fifty forty five and a fifty yard field goal. But he clanged that forty yarder off the upright, and he continues to have trouble and there are most of the ones that he misses are in that third 540 range he seems to be hitting most of the deeper ones but he's struggling more on the shorter ones and that's kind of alarming because those are the ones where you have you typically have a really nice drive hard fought drive and you're like all right well at least we can come away with three here and the offense runs off the field Everybody feels good because they're like, hey, it's 35, 40 yards, should be automatic, no problem. And then it's just a, a backbreaking type of thing to have that kicker go and clang the, the field goal and miss it. So uh, this is, keeps happening day after day. And this is, they're, they're doing this with, you know, defense out there, but they're not actually going after him. There's no real pressure on him. He doesn't have, fans cheering or booing in the stands. If he's doing this and missing that one of these like every single day, I don't know how you can expect him to not do that once the games actually start and all those, you know, the defenses are actually trying to block him and the crowd's loud. So this is continuing to be a problem. Again, he's making a bunch still. It's not like he's missing all of them, but he's, we keep talking about this every day for a reason. Every day he comes out here, and he he just shanks at least one of them. That should be a gimme. When is Russ Martin finally going to get here? I know that he knows that Jets fans want him here. I know he's been called in a bunch of times to compete for this job. Could this finally be the time that he comes in and actually wins it? I'm hoping that they call him or that they're at least thinking about calling him because how much longer can this go on, Chris? Bring McCagnan back. McCagnan will give him a call. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm being a little hyperbolic there. Don't actually bring McCagnan back. But I, I know have somebody like sneak into uh, the, the McCagnan's old office and look through a Rolodex, see if you can find Ross Martin's number and information there, and just make sure it's like planted uh, on Joe Douglas's desk so he knows because. That's, that's the thing. If, if the captain was still here, I bet you he'd be in here. Uh, I don't know if Joe Douglas knows anything about Ras Martin. Obviously, he should know it uh, enough to be able to pick up other uh, kickers and bring somebody in. Again, Chandler is the only kicker on this roster right now, which doesn't make sense to me. There's only, you only start training camp with multiple kickers. And he's the only one right now. So you don't even have an extra camp leg. There's no type of competition. And he's inconsistent, wildly inconsistent. I, I, I don't understand what the holdup is here. Joe Douglas obviously recognized uh, the problems they have on the offensive line and doesn't have, didn't have a lot of great options because of the time of year it is. But he's taken measures and moves to try to rectify that. And somebody needs to do that same exact thing with the, the kickers. Thankfully, the Jets don't have the same problem at quarterback. There's some gentleman named Sam Darnold who's been doing pretty well at training camp. He threw an interception to Tremaine Johnson today, but that's okay because he continues to spread the ball around, and it looks like he's starting to develop a kinship with one of the running backs, and I'm not talking about Le'Veon Bell. Listen, Ty Montgomery has been one of – he might be the biggest 
a pleasant surprise of camp so far. I have I've never had not been the biggest uh, fan of Ty Montgomery in his game going back to Stanford. I wasn't huge on him then, and then the whole Green Bay situation, and then moving him to running back. And I I thought I thought he was actually a better fit at running back, but I still wasn't too uh, high on him. He has been really really good this entire off season. He's been great as a running back. He was shifty and strong. Uh, and as a receiver, he looks really, really good. He's running routes out of the backfield. He's lining up wide. He, uh, today was ran down the field. Donald hit him, split the defense again for about a 25 yarder. Perfect pass right down the field. And uh, Montgomery, it doesn't matter where they put him on the field, where they line him up. He is just making plays all over the place. Obviously, it's just training camp, so we'll have to wait and see. But it's been a surprise. I've been pleasantly surprised with what I've seen from him. I have not been expecting him to look this good. Hey, guys. Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. You might not have been expecting Ty Montgomery to look this good, Chris, but I'm sure you expected the world out of Luke Falk. We all did. The hopes and dreams of the New York Jets rest on whether or not Luke Falk earns the third-string quarterback job. I'm sort of kidding. But there is a reason that Adam Gase brought him here. I've said this many times. I do think that he's going to either stick as the third stringer or they will try and stash him on the practice squad. He had another pretty solid outing today, this time with Valentine Holmes as his co-star. Valentine Holmes is a unique situation because he's a European player, and in order to encourage more participation from European players, the league has made it such that you can get one of these guys like Valentine Holmes, not even have to use a roster spot on him to encourage teams to explore guys from that continent. So let's talk about this a little bit. What did you see from Luke Falk today? A little bit of a connection there with Valentine Holmes, and what have you seen from Holmes so far in camp? Yeah, well, uh, so far in camp, I haven't seen much. I've been asked about him a bunch, and I never, I just don't respond because I don't really have anything to say. And uh, we'll talk about this later when it comes to Jakai Polite. Is uh, the way that certain uh, that reporters were framing the Jakai Polite stuff before, it, it, it made it seem like he was really struggling or he just wasn't getting any reps at all. And it's I, they weren't doing it on purpose, but that's just how it kind of comes across when you comment on something that you haven't really seen much of. Um, so I haven't really noticed him out there too much. But today he had a really nice play on a deep touchdown pass from Luke Falk. Uh, a re- a really nice route, ran, got himself open, made a nice catch. Uh, was able to tap his toes to make sure he stayed inbound. It was close to getting out of bounds. Uh, Gates even said afterwards that they had to, they're going to have to look at the tape to make sure, but it sure looked like a touchdown to me, and uh, it was an impressive play. He's, he's an impressive athlete. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but we know we've seen this story before. Impressive athlete doesn't necessarily translate to impressive football player. So maybe maybe it will here. I'm not ruling it out, but I haven't seen enough of him otherwise except for this one play to really comment too much on him. 
My sentimental favorite over the course of camp has become Tim White. I love his story. I love his work ethic. And I'm starting to think he has a real chance to make this roster. How did he do today? He was making plays again, too. Um, and he's at uh, he's on the depth chart there uh, as in the return, not at the top of the list, but as an option. He's made plays all over the field. And if the Jets don't add a receiver at some point, I'd say he's a virtual lock to make this roster. If they if they had to finalize the 53-man roster without adding anybody new, then he's he's a lock to make this roster. I've said it before on this podcast. You obviously got the top three receivers. I don't need a name. Deontay Burnett seems to have a, a, a lock on that fourth spot. and Tim White would be the fifth one right there. And then you'd probably have Greg Dortch and his uh, return ability uh, as a six, a six possible death option there. But Tim White has absolutely played his way to deserve a roster spot so far. We'll have to wait and see if they can translate to preseason games and, again, to see if they bring in somebody else. Because as we know, as all Jets fans out there know, the Jets have a history of these receivers having great training camps and looking great and then not going on to do anything. You can go with Clowney. You can go with Greg Dallas. Like, there's a long list of players here that they've had this with. So it's, it, he has looked really impressive. Um, you know, he's the last one out there on the jug machine after practice has ended almost every day. He's out there. He is working really hard and it, he looks great what he's doing out there. There's, I don't really have anything to knock on what I've seen from him. It's just a question of, well, will this work in the preseason and can it work in regular season games as well? Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Chris, since you brought up Greg Dortch, let's talk about the return game. That's been something that a lot of people have asked about. I know that you've said that it looks like Dortch is the front runner to be both the punt and kick returner, but they've been given a lot of guys' chances back there. What's the latest with that competition? Yeah, as I'm saying, with the, as I've been saying, the, punt, the kick returners and punt returners in training camp, they kind of just give everybody a shot. This is generally how it goes, especially with bottom of the roster players. Uh, if you're a skill position, they're going to give you shots. They're going to give you a chance. And if, you know, maybe you might not be able to make the roster as a fourth or fifth running back and a fifth or sixth receiver. But if you can go ahead and claim that returner job, then you will get that roster spot. So, everybody's getting chances here and there. They're all being run through, given a couple of shots, but Dorch has definitely got the, the, the punt returner, at least that part locked up right now. They just released the depth chart and Trenton Cannon is listed as the starter for the kick returner. Ty Montgomery is the backup there though. So if they decide to cut Cannon, they can have Ty Montgomery or Dorch do that. Uh, Dorch is listed as the punt returner right now. He's he's looked the best out of everybody I saw. I saw him uh, break four ankles at once today. He made a nice nice catch on the punt, and then 
I think it was Jeremy Clark and somebody else. I forget who else it was, but there was two guys coming at him. He made a sharp double cut and broke all four of their ankles. So it was really impressive so far. And you can just, he looks like a, a punt returner. He has a feel of a punt returner. He's short, he's fast, he's quick, got good hands. So it, he definitely seems to be the favorite there. And again, uh, this, is, this is the reason why every, everybody kept thinking that, you know, uh, both Trenton Cannon and Elijah McGuire were uh, probably going to get cut or people were favoring if one of them stuck. It was probably going to be Elijah McGuire. Well, Trenton Cannon does have that returnability. I know all fans soured on him because of the couple of muffs he had in preseason last year, and I get it, but he has way more potential in that area there. So if one of those two guys does stick, I would put money on Cannon being the guy for that to happen. But, again, they could just go with Ty Montgomery in that position if they need that extra roster spot. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Let's talk rookies, Chris. There have been some people, I don't want to say anybody specific, but maybe someone whose name rhymes with Monner Muse, who has been a little hard on our friend Ja'Kai Polite, saying that he hasn't really made much of an impact in training camp, been kind of invisible, to the point where a lot of people have been joking that perhaps Connor or Monner, I should say, doesn't like Ja'Kai Polite very much. All in good fun. I don't think anybody really believes that. We're just giving Monner a hard time. But today, there was nothing that anybody could say because Ja'Kai Polite was tearing it up. So let's get into the rookie report. Tell me about Ja'Kai Polite, Quinnen Williams, Blake Cashman, and the entire 2019 rookie class. Yeah, well, I'll start with Polite. He was all over the place today. Now, he was against second teams. Uh, he had some third-team rep too, reps, too. But he was doing most of the, his work as second team. He had two sacks. He had another near sack. <laughs> this this was an incredible play. The the near sack was the most impressive play of all. He got into that backfield at pretty much the exact time that Trevor Simeon actually got the snap. Uh, but Simeon saw him getting to the backfield before he even had the ball in his hand. So as soon as he got that ball. He just stepped up in the pocket and took off running. And Ja'Kai Polite still almost got a hand on him, but just narrowly missed it. Uh, he came off that edge so quick. And, you know, he has a, a ton of natural pass rushing ability. He will hit that spin move, uh, very effective with it. He's got great bend coming around the edge. He will get locked up sometimes, but he will keep fighting, and he was all over the place today. Um, like I said, there's, there's been, you know, Connor's not the only one who's, who said things like that about uh, Polite, and again, it's, it can be really hard covering this training camp. You're going to miss out on a player here and there. You're going to just gloss over some players. You're just going to miss some things. It's impossible to watch all the players all at once. Uh, when you're standing on the sidelines. Um, so I think that a lot of times they just have missed some of the things, just like uh, the, the strips, that fumble that he had at, towards the end of last week. That uh, was the only one that sucked to see it. But today he was making so many plays that everybody saw it and everybody's commented on it. Um, you, I expect to see more of it. But then again, also a, a lot of the, 
Gase's practices kind of worked against him because of the way he runs practices. He's not just, they're not just doing drives. So it's a lot of situational stuff. And then they were also going a, a real run heavy on a lot of stuff. And again, as much as talented as he is as a natural pass rusher, the rest of his game has a lot to work on. He's still way far away from being able to compete as a three down linebacker. So at the beginning of training camp, he was only going to come in for pass rushing situations. Now you're starting to see a little bit more from him. You saw him. I actually saw him in coverage one play today, and he covered his running back out of the backfield. Uh, throw had to go elsewhere. He did a good job on that. So he, he's getting used a little bit more. They're throwing him into a little bit more and just saying, all right, you're just out there for this whole set of reps. But he, he's doing more with it, and he's going to get noticed more and more as this goes on. Then with Quinnen, what got a, a lot of first-team reps today with uh, Leo and McClendon being out. That was the opportunity for him. Nathan Shepard also was getting a lot of the first-team reps. Um, really, it was mostly, I, I know they obviously Greg Williams, they moved people around. But Nathan Shepard was basically in there for Leo, and Quinnen Williams was in there for McClendon. A little bit of switching up. Kafusi was in there as well from time to time, but it was mostly those two getting the first team reps. Quinnen looked good, but he also ran into a big, big problem a couple times, and that big, big problem's name is Calicio Semele because he ran right into <laughs> Calicci a couple of times and did not move. Calicci just locked him up on those two plays. It was pretty funny to see. Um, you could kind of see like Quinn getting stuck in him and just being like, I don't know what to do right now. So uh, that was interesting. But he he was able to, uh, uh, he got locked up twice in a row. And then on the third one, he got stuffed, but then he was able to do a little like hook uh, swim with his left arm and able to get free, free enough uh, to cause a little bit of pressure on Sam, uh, make him force, force him to make a throw a little bit earlier than he wanted to, but he got that off. Uh, Blake Cashman had another nice day. He was being used a couple different ways this, uh, today. He uh, used an outside linebacker a couple times. They had him blitz a couple times, and uh, they actually lined him up out wide against Chris Herndon once. Uh, they, they put him up, and they let him go one-on-one. Herndon did, they, uh, Sam did complete the pass to, to Herndon. It was 10, 15 yards, probably actually probably about 12 yard pass. Uh, Cashman was right there. He just, just missed it. Um, but he, he had good coverage on it and then he was able to, you know, give, uh, the two hand touch right away to Herndon. So the play didn't go any further. And then, uh, with George, I, I told you the highlight from him today really was, uh, him breaking those four ankles there, but he's still looking pretty good out there as well. Chris, with that, let's go inside the press room. First of all, Adam Gase continues to grow his beard. He's trying to outdo Ryan Khalil, who was there today in uniform. I have a feeling that he's got an uphill battle because that Khalil beard was looking real nice on social media today. So let's talk about what Adam Gase had to say. Yeah, Gase's beard is coming. It's been really nice. It's coming on really good. But I don't. I don't think he has anything quite on Khalil there. And you know, obviously the center position with the Jets who Nick Bangold and his famous beard. Khalil's got uh you know a more traditional good quality beard. Uh Bangold has a straggly beard, but it works good with his uh profile and everything. 
looked very Viking-like, so that that looked really good. But um, Gase talked, well, I'll, I'll blend these two together, really. Gase talked about a lot of things, of course, but he was talking about Sam Darnold, and Sam Darnold also talked. And one thing that they talked about is, and Gase wasn't here last year, obviously, so he doesn't have as quite a view on it, but Darnold talked about his arm strength and how he seems to be throwing the ball a lot harder with a much higher velocity on his throws this year. And they both had an interesting theory about this, and I will say that he his arm does look a lot stronger this year. Uh, Darnold said he's been uh, you know, doing a lot of stuff with his body, working on a lot of uh, hip flexibility, uh, a lot of exercises specifically with his hips and with uh, lifting. But he says both of them think that it had a lot to do with having to go through the whole pre-draft workout, uh, having to throw at the combine. And Darnold said that he going into last year, he really was trying to make sure his shoulder and his throwing arm was at peak performance level at the combine and getting ready in his pro day. So he had to throw so many passes. He came off a full season at USC, and then he had to throw so many passes in the offseason to be ready for that that he thinks there was just a little bit of a wear and tear there. And Gase said that, yeah, he believes that. He thinks that's absolutely uh, probably an explanation for why he seems to be throwing the ball a little bit harder this year. Um, and it makes all the sense in the world. It's one of those things you don't ever really think about. I've never heard anybody talk about that, but it makes all the sense in the world. And then the other thing that Gay said about Darnold was uh, he's talked about this a little bit before about how great it is, how much fun it is to be able to call plays for Sam. But he specifically said that, you know, it, they're not, they don't have to hold Sam back at all. They're, they're turning him loose. They're letting him go. They're, they don't need to, you know, scale back the offense in any way. He can make all the throws. He can read the defenses and make all the plays. So there's nothing, there's not a time when Adam Gase is getting ready to call a play and he's like, eh, I don't know if we should do this right here. He's just trusting Sam to go ahead and turn it loose. And uh, watching with Sam... I can agree with Adam Gase that there is no reason to do that. Now, we know Sam does have a little bit of a gunslinger in him, so it is interesting to see that he's willing to lean into that and just go ahead and let it see where it takes him. But he has definitely uh, he's enjoying being able to open up the playbook for him just like that. Several of the players spoke as well. What did you hear from them? Yeah, Ty Montgomery spoke. Uh, he started to say, you know, his camp legs are starting to settle in. He said, it's day, whatever it is. So, yeah, you can say we're getting to the dog days of training camp right now. All these days are blending in together. And I, I can relate to that because I have to see, okay, I write three observations. It's practice. What? What is it? Let me go and see what the last one I wrote was. That's how I have to kind of figure it out because they all, they all blend in together. But he was asked about the reps that he's taken because he has taken an ungodly amount of reps. He's in there uh, taking reps when Le'Veon Bell is on the on the field with him. He's taking second team reps. He's taking first team reps at both receiver and in, uh, running back. So he's getting a whole bunch of reps, but it's not too much for him. He says he's used to it. Um, but then he was asked about Sam. Uh, he said he's held a hell of an arm, 
And then he was asked about, you know, he obviously he played with Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks ever. And he was asked if he's seen any comparisons with them. And he said just two things. He's got a little wit to him, which basically just means the flick of his wrist. This, think back to that uh, Jets one drive episode, the first one of the season, when Gase was just rolling over that one play that Sam threw. Uh, where he just, it was just a, he didn't have his feet set, he just licked that wrist and was able to throw a perfect 40 yard bomb into the corner of the end zone. Uh, which obviously, if you've watched enough Aaron Rodgers, you've seen him do that plenty of times. And then also his ability to throw the ball on the move where his feet don't have to be set, his feet can be pointed in the opposite direction. He's just got a little whip to him that he can still throw a ball with power and with touch all without being able to have his feet set. And, and honestly, sometimes he throws passes that are even uh, – that are the, his best passes are in that situation. So Ty Montgomery saw that, and he definitely uh, – you know, obviously, fans don't get too excited. This doesn't mean that he's going to be Aaron Rodgers, but he does share those similarities there. Uh, Jordan Jenkins also spoke. Uh, he talked about uh, – just have about the aggressive defense, how they want to be uh, aggressive and dominating for us. How he's got, you know, slimmed down a little bit more, added muscle, less fat. He's eating better, healthier. He was on a meal plan diet. Uh, then he talked about Ja'Kai Polite, too, and what a great day he had today. He just said you can tell that he's got natural pass rushing ability. He, can, uh, he re- is really impressed by the way he can bend going around the edge. And he's, he's, uh, he's picking up more and more. You can see him grow. You can see it starting to click for him. And he thinks he can be a really, really good player once it all, everything's all said and done. Chris, the Jets released a preliminary depth chart. And regardless of what it says, Rontez Miles has been at the top of that depth chart at safety ahead of Doug Middleton with Marcus May out. What's going on there? Is it just a coaching staff preference or has Miles legitimately outplayed Middleton throughout camp? And let's talk about the rest of this depth chart because it's very important to people, especially who are playing fantasy football. And if you're in the market for a great fantasy football game, you want to go to draft.com because you can be entered to win the best ball championship and bring home $3.5 million. Yep, $3.5 million. Here's how it works. It's season long, no management. You just set it and forget it. Your best players are going to play every week regardless. They make sure of that. And the draft is pretty easy. There's no salary caps. You just play in a real-life snake draft, just like the ones that you're used to with your buddies that aren't super complicated. And here's the best part. For a limited time, you can get free entry into the Best Ball Championship when you make your first deposit at Draft.com. But you've got to use our exclusive promo code. It's easy. I've done it myself, and I'm really psyched to be involved because who doesn't want a shot at winning a ton of money like that? Just do what I did. You can search Draft in the App Store, or if you want, you can also go to Draft.com and sign up using the promo code PLAYLIKETODAY. So, Chris, after people sign up on Draft.com and use the promo code PLAYLIKE, they're going to want to know about who's at the top of the depth chart, at least at this point, because it'll give them a leg up in terms of drafting. Some guys might be sleepers that they might have their eye on. What did you notice after taking a look at the early depth chart? Any surprises there? Uh, Okay, well, let's start with Montez. Yeah, the beginning of camp, it seemed like uh, Middleton and Montez were splitting the reps. And I was just like, all right, well, Middleton's going to end up uh, overtaking Rontez here. 
And it's not a, anything about Ron Pez, but they're having him do the free safety thing. They're having him be the single high safety lined up all the way back off the line. Um, a couple of times it's been the Greg uh, Williams patented 30 yards off the line. It hasn't been most, mostly hasn't been that far off the line, but he's still the single high safety a lot. And that's not Ron Tess's game. It never has been. He hasn't looked bad at all. He's made some plays out there. He has also been victimized. There's a, a lot of the plays that you hear about where Sam threads the needle and he's just over, just beat the, over the uh, linebacker over the top and just underneath the center of the safety. Most of those are Rontez Miles that you're hearing there. He's usually just as half a step behind on that, but I, I'm not sure what it is. Obviously, Greg has uh, more of a comfort level with Rontez. Maybe it, it could be as simple as Rontez has just picked up the system more and is more uh, better in the classroom than Doug Middleton is. Um, so I don't know what what the story is exactly there because you know we get to talk to Gase, but the person I I really need to ask that question to is Greg Williams, who we don't get to talk to as much. So if we do get a chance to talk to him sometime soon, which I would think we should get a chance relatively soon, then that's somebody that would need to be asked that question to give a clear answer for. Um, but he, like I said, he, he doesn't look uh, too bad out there. He's not getting beat all over the place. He's just a half step behind on a couple of plays here and there. But it's been just him getting those first-team reps. Uh, Middleton and Brandon Bryant are getting the second-team reps, but it's been really just him out there with the first-team reps. And at this point, that has to mean something. Uh, Marcus May, you can see him. I still, when I watch him work out off the side by himself, I still can't see where the injury is. He looks healthy to me, but he is standing at the at the end zone, in the middle of the end zone, right outside it, uh, behind it, just watching everything in the the goal line reps and just taking mental reps as he's watching and diagnosing everything in front of him. But, again, as long as he's out, it looks like Rontez Miles will be that other safety with Jamal Adams. As far as the depth chart, this isn't surprising given the contract that they that they gave him, but he he hasn't gotten out on the practice field yet. Ryan Khalil is a... Uh, is listed as the starting center. Jonathan Harrison was out there with the ones today, of course, uh, because Khalil has yet to practice, but he is listed as the starting center. Um, not too many surprises there, though. The rest of the offensive line looks exactly as you would expect. you got Chuma uh, backing up Brandon Schell, and then uh, obviously we got, on offense, it's really just exactly what you'd expect there. You got Tim White, uh, second team right behind Robbie Anderson there. And, um, you know, the, the running backs are exactly what you lay beyond first, Ty Montgomery second, Lau Powell third, and then uh, everybody else lined up there with the fourth. Davis Webb is still the third string, listed as third string quarterback. Um, uh, as you were saying before, I, I still tend to think that they'll end up only keeping two and put Luke Falk on the uh, practice squad. But I, I'm with you in agreement that if they do end up keeping three, it'll probably end up being Luke Falk over Davis Webb. But Webb is listed there as the third option. Um, 
And then, yeah, a defense, you know, it's, it's Quinn Williams is listed as the second team. He's listed right behind Steve McClendon at, for the nose. So he's done it. We've talked about this a lot with the rotations that they, they're going to have. It doesn't really matter if he's starting. He's going to be in there, and he's going to get a lot of reps. And Steve McClendon, they can go ahead and start him. And he's still a really good player, but I think the number of snaps uh, – Quinn Williams will get a lot more by the end of the season. Um, outside linebacker, you, you got Brandon uh, Copeland and uh, Jordan Jenkins there with the one. Harvey Lange is backing up Brandon Car- Copeland, and then Polite is listed as the third team guy there. Again, I think you'll you'll see a little bit of an uptick there from Polite, and obviously you'll get more when you get uh, just more playing time and just in. Uh, you know, pass rushing situations. Uh, Blake Cashman is listed as a third stringer as well, which is he's listed behind Neville Hewitt, which is weird considering the amount of reps he's gotten with the first team. But like I said, I think that's uh, a lot to do with the just his coverage ability. But just like Polite will be coming in in pass rushing situations, uh, they'll be bringing in Cashman in coverage situations. Well, same situation they'll have try to get polite to go at the quarterback and they want uh, uh, Cashman to be able to cover the tight end or the running backs out of the backfield. And then the one other surprise is a little bit of a surprise, but Trayvon Wesco is listed as a fourth string tight end right now. Uh, Ryan Griffin, like I said, he's had a really good camp. So there's no surprise that he'll be the second behind her in there. Daniel Brown is listed as third right now though. And, um, that's he's looked good, pretty good too. But I would have expected that they go ahead and give him that third third string spot right there, but not quite yet. The depth chart, of course, is not set in stone. That is just a preliminary depth chart. Things will change, I guarantee you, over the rest of training camp and into the preseason. And the only way to really know how things are progressing is to make sure that you tune in every day and get these training camp reports. And, of course, visit Chris's website, JetsInsider.com, to get his big three takeaways, which I believe you have up right now, don't you, Chris? Yeah, I most certainly do. I got the three observations up now. They're ready for your eyes to read and enjoy. Uh, you can find that at jetsandsire.com. I have plenty of more content coming up these next couple of days. We only got one more practice tomorrow. Then we got Wednesday and Friday off with that game against the Giants. But uh, more content coming out. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at CNimbly and at JetsInsider. Go ahead and follow Chris on Twitter and follow his deputy editor, Alan Schechter, at Alan underscore S-C-H-E-C-H-T-E-R. Read Chris's very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.